Wanted to start off here with another quick review I got, and I'd encourage you to write one on Apple if you end up liking this show, but this is from Damus, who says, Great interviews. Adam dives deep and gets past the fluff with marketing leaders at major brands. Highly authentic talk about authenticity. Well, thanks, Damus. And now, on with the show. Moving into a new place always feels like a new chapter, a new piece of your personal story. It's the journey behind the journey that makes up a rather epic installation of the podcast on today's Authentic Avenue. Odyssey 3D, a brand specializing in bringing virtual tech to real estate. Meet Jimmy Chan, their co-founder and managing director. Jimmy likens the odyssey he founded to his odyssey in founding it, and today describes the company as a home of the misfits. On this episode, you'll learn more about new ways to recruit, further business philosophy, and how to scale authenticity, including an interview question I'll probably steal someday. So start packing your things and enjoy as I get real with Odyssey 3D and Jimmy Chan. I had to talk to this guy today because of the way that this podcast has turned out, which is to talk about brands and their leaders' journey to authenticity. How could I not talk to somebody who founded a company whose name sort of means journey? I'm here with Jimmy Chan from Odyssey 3D. Jimmy, thank you for joining me. Thank you, Adam. Very excited to be here. Why'd you call the company Odyssey? Great question, Adam. So the word Odyssey, um, for those of you in the audience that may not know, the word originated from a Greek poem that's written by Homer. So this is dated back thousands of years ago. And really, it's, a, it's one of the first tellings of the hero's journey, right? It's a story of a person finding his way back home and through that journey, very much overcoming a series of challenges that made this hero ultimately uh, become a stronger version of himself. And it's a self, a process of self-actualization. So really with Odyssey 3D, uh, we do work in the real estate marketing space. So I think thematically, it made sense for us to call ourselves a company that helps others find their way home, right? We market real estate mainly in Toronto. But moreover that, it is an odyssey for ourselves, right? And everyone, um, the core team, a part of the company, my two co-founders specifically, we founded a company coming right out of university. And we felt that the traditional education process didn't really help us realize this odyssey journey that we had intended. And so we built a company in the goal of really helping us achieve that self-actualized personal growth journey. So what was that like building a company straight out of university? I mean, was that daunting? I would think that the world of real estate is being so entrenched and with huge players to just come in as three folks saying, all right, we're going to take on the world had to be a little bit daunting. I'm guessing it's similar to, well, the Odyssey from that poem coming with its trials and tribulations. So tell me a little bit more about that founding story then. How did you actually break in and get your name out there. Yeah, for sure, Adam. I mean, um, I think to uh, yes and no, right? Um, it was daunting in a way that, well, while, while I was in university, I actually tried, uh, I attempted many business ideas, right? This was actually my fifth business that I tried out in university. And um, obviously, as you can tell, all four of them previous to that didn't really turn out too much, right? That's why I didn't continue pursuing it. So it was very much a, a hard journey starting out. And I remember at the point in time, 
um, it was a Sunday during um, June th- 2016, where my last business, uh, I, I started it with a, uh, my, my co-founder was a childhood friend, right? He was one of my best friends growing up. And we didn't end off on the best terms. So uh, I still remember that day. I was so upset. This, the, the breakup conversation happened at around 12 o'clock. Um, the first thing I did was I went up completely enraged over my head, found a piece of two by four kind of wooden plank, and I punched it as hard as I could. And, you know, my hand was bleeding. I actually broke my knuckle. And even to this day, like one of my knuckles is bigger than the other just from the swelling. And I was just completely devastated because really, you know, I, I came from a elite business school education and all of my peers they were pursuing corporate jobs. I felt like I was completely unemployable. I couldn't even get the entrepreneurial story right. All the companies I tried had failed. And this was close to my graduating, uh, uh, my time of graduation. So I was really very much left with nothing. And um, I still remember back, uh, so it was 12 o'clock. Uh, I vented it, cr- cried about it, and you really got it all of my system. And it, it was about five o'clock that day. Um, fast forward five hours where I began thinking, right? Um, what if began thinking what if and it just kept think coming up and up again what if this idea of adapting 3d technology adapting a new innovative way to market homes into toronto real estate using virtual reality what if a concept like this took off as my business what if this was my next idea what if what if i just couldn't get out of my head um after you know i i got over the whole emotional state of uh, my previous venture the very next day on the Monday, uh, I did my market research, grafted all of the information on paper. Day two, put a pitch deck together. Come day three, I went to a panel of a thir- well, uh, a group of 30 entrepreneurs and I pitched the business Right three days after my previous failure. And um, it was very much, I, I think this, uh, my retelling of this is very much a continuation of that um, throughout this odyssey of uh, Odyssey 3D, right? It's a constant stream of failure trying new things trying again failing again having it just fucking hurt and bleed and continuing doing it because really as a almost as an entrepreneur you see yourself as um kind of like an artist right like you can't if you base your self-worth on your level of success of an achievement like it's you're gonna get demotivated right from the start so you have to have that internal calling and really that's what propelled us uh, to continue this journey into what it is today. Wow. Well, my guess is that it has taken many, many turns similar to that book since that time. And to pitch a company three days after the other one fell apart, I mean, that that is probably one of the quickest turnarounds that I've ever heard of. I want to know then, I got to ask about this next part because... I often ask folks on this show the values that they stand for, how they define the word authenticity. It's a typical question that I ask. Now, you started this company, basically. You pitched it. Three days after this moment of disappointment and anger, in some ways you can still see it today, how in the heck do you go from that to within three days pitching something that you believe in with, well, most of your head and your heart, if not all of it, and create values around that and stand up for things to tell your story within 72 hours. I, that seems very quick to me. Yeah, for sure. Um, I like to just 
perhaps explore two points, right? So um, the first is the idea of perfection, right? And very much so, I, f- I believe that, especially people coming out of university today, where I was back then, is that we're very much groomed to seek perfection, right? Whether that's in our GPA, like grade point average, you know, the moment we get something wrong, automatically we're penalized for it. And if you go into entrepreneurship with this frame of mind, uh, with this mindset, you're you're going to get demotivated very soon, right? And I've seen so many friends who came out with stellar GPA, best you know uh, business school in in North America, coming out and completely disillusioned upon their first failure as an entrepreneur. And the entrepreneurial game is very different than the academic game, and it's also very different than the corporate game, right? Where in a way, perfection isn't very isn't celebrated, but rather what is a a milestone or a sense of achievement is the number of scars you have in your entrepreneur like during your entrepreneurial journey, right? The num- number of failures you have that's what builds character, and that's what allows you to become an entrepreneur. And I even um, you know I remember when uh, Kaushik Satish, she's one of my co-founders, uh, head of growth at Odyssey. When he came to our company, I told him, I said, look, man, like you're coming from a corporate background. You have a really stellar paycheck, right? If your goal is to just have a fat paycheck and live a good life, buy a yacht, this isn't the journey for you. Okay, I'm not saying you're not going get, to get it there. I'm just, saying, I'm just saying that it's a stupid way to do that. There's other ways that can get you money faster with less risk. But if your desire is to build the type of character that is resilient enough that even if you lost every single possession you had in this world, you, you fell face flat, your venture goes broke, you know, you, you lose everything. Within a couple of years, you can pick right back up to where you, where you began. You can re- regain all the wealth. It's character building, right? So I, I really think that is a mark of success when it, um, uh, that, that really, I guess something that I value a lot and I try to nurture within myself to, uh, to really rebound as fast as uh, I could. So then is that part of your personal authenticity? I'm now going to ask how you define that word because this journey happened uh, very quickly at its start. Obviously, I'm sure it's taken its twists and turns and you've had to figure out how to be clever to build it uh, along the way. But how do you, like if somebody's saying you know, Odyssey is operating at its most authentic or Jimmy is being the most authentic Jimmy can be, what does that look like? Yeah, for sure. So for one, um, so look here, right? Like about my starting journey, why we picked the name Odyssey, a big motivation factor is because I felt, so I, I came out of a elite business school in Toronto, Canada, right? And I was completely disillusioned or I was just completely shocked at the amount of facade and just a, like a mask that people wear in this community, right? People, uh, I guess, in fear of judgment, um, they put on a front so that they can seem more than they actually are. And I think just having a lot of friends in the corporate environment, this just it's just a part of the political game, right? Where you have to almost not be authentic and being authentic is punished um, uh, within this type of environment. So really for us, like we wanted to build Odyssey as a home of, to the misfits because in, a, in many ways, like uh, I almost dropped out of school when I was studying university. I had to take a um, sabbatical. I actually spent half of my undergraduate uh, time uh, 
in different countries, uh, you know, like traveling, working for different people. I just couldn't uh, like station myself for four years straight in that type of setting. So we wanted to create a company that was the home of the misfits, right? And to me, authenticity, um, it's really, it's not a, it's not a constant, right? You're con- like, even within internally within Odyssey, we're constantly struggling to become our authentic self. It's a journey, right? And it's, it takes many, many years and so much pain and struggle of unlearning all of the societal conditioning um, and recovering from past trauma in order to really dissolve that mask, right? Dissolve the facade that we hold um, in protection of our true self. And it's only when you can dissolve that ego that you are able to truly shine, right? Both within yourself and Odyssey 3D is a collective um, it's, a, it's a collective self for everyone a part of it. And how we shine as a brand is how uh, the, effect, the effectiveness of how we shine as a brand is also the effectiveness of how we have come to realize our own self and being able to proudly represent that for the world to see. As part of defining yourself, there are a number of ways in which you have told me prior to this interview, folks, we do do prep for this, in which you think that your values shine through. These, I would say, in the context of this podcast, are the different avenues which you are currently using to reach that authenticity boots on the ground. We've listed three here that I want to hear about from you, um, either all of them or some of them, or maybe some are more important than others. But these three, I believe, are ways in which you're being incredibly clever with things, which is a good nod to Wiley Odysseus from the poem itself. <laughs> and those three are the hiring process that you take. I really want to hear about that considering you've just said we want to be a place for the misfits. <laughs> Business philosophy and this idea of scaling authenticity. This one's really interesting to me because I, I people talk about it. I've thought about it. I haven't seen it visualized so much. So can you walk me through those three and explain how they are ways in which you are becoming Odyssey's true self? Yeah, surely. And um, I would think definitely you put this in the right order. Uh, a company is nothing more than the composite of its people. And truly, there would be all no odyssey without people pursuing that said dream within the company. So it is vitally important that we hire people with that set of value in mind. And now, mind you, not everyone wants to face their inner demons. Not everyone wants to go through suffering in order to become better versions of themselves, right? Um, there's a lot of people that we've met that, you know, they're, they're comfortable sitting in the shallow end and, uh, and enjoying that, right? And which is completely fine. Like we're not here to cast judgment, but again, Odyssey is the home of the misfits. So the first process of that is how do we find the best people that we can in the company? And one, uh, um, so, so over the years, what we've ended up developing is a gamified process of our, to our recruitment scheme that allows us to basically screen out as many candidates as possible and only invite those who's a culture fit to actually apply. So let me describe this, right? And first of all, the pain point of why we even came up and designed a completely different, a natural system for recruitment is that in the past, we put out ads on Indeed and, you know, all over the place. And we got so many, so many applicants and we just spend we spend more time screening people that weren't a good fit than actually talking to people that uh, were of uh, you know like of similar value. So we felt that that was a completely wrong take on how to 
uh, do recruitment. So because of that, uh, I kind of explain to you like a closed no version of how we do recruitment. Um, on the bottom of our application, we actually provide uh, our applicants, should they be interested in pursuing our gig, with a, um, a passcode. And basically, they have to go on our website, type in the passcode, right? Um, I won't disclose what that is, but uh, they have to go to a private portal in order to, to basically be open up to a 3D model of a, um, of a university hall, okay? So again, our founding story are people, like founders that came out of university, right? And basically, this 3D model, it's, it's hard to visualize because this is actually like what we do as a company. We create 3D models of homes for Toronto real estate, but we take this 3D model and we embed all of the cultural elements that we believe make up what we do as a company, right? So uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, we are very much a remote work-based co- co- company with a, um, and, and all of us are avid travelers, explorers, mountaineers, uh, cyclists. And we, you know, we really enjoy that um, kind of the uh, those elements of living. So we've uh, put put like like company photos of us going on canoe trips. Uh, we actually took uh, last year we had a company retreat where we took everyone in our office to Tenerife, Spain, and together we summited the highest point in Spain, Mount Tide, uh, in onesies. So one of us was dressed as a bunny rabbit. One of us was dressed as an alien it was just a crazy thing and we we took a picture of that and you know like and and really like so the first step for them to even apply is that they have to go through all of these links and just like videos of us working in colombia of different countries to see our culture and eventually if they're curious enough then they will find one of the links will lead them to our application but it's only we won't tell them where it is so they have to look for it and this link is actually coming out of a garbage can because what we felt was that Everything we learned about starting a business through university didn't actually help us start a business. So what it said in the link coming out of the garbage can is throw away everything that you've been taught about what it means to be an entrepreneur and come join Odyssey 3D. So when they click that link, then it takes them to a portal where they have to fill out a series of questions, again, tackling this, uh, the culture fit and also submit a video, right? And ultimately, uh, when we read this, uh, you know, like, what I value most is there's three spectrums, right? Uh, what, of what I look for. So basically, how does the candidate see our job? Do they see it as their calling, a career, or as purely a job? So a job gets them the gets them the paycheck, right? Pays the bills. A career advances their professional desires, and the calling is what they think they've been built to do in this world. And uh, honestly, man, I'm very privileged lucky to say that every one of us working in odyssey right now they see they see their career as a calling so it's uh that's one of the huge like that that's one thing that's completely screened out through this whole process that allows us to see it um and on note of authenticity another thing that we actually do during the actual recruitment and i you know i have a lot of friends who do recruitment in the corporate level and i don't think this question has been asked so um, I'm actually a bit reluctant to share it here, but I will just because it is on par of authenticity. But basically, when they come in to the interview and I get them to ease up and open up, the very nice question I ask is, first of all, I, I preface it. I say, at Odyssey, it's all about authenticity. We are all open to being vulnerable. When we fuck up, right, we, we, we admit that we fucked up. No one's going to... Um, no one's going to uh, like to judge you on your fuck ups, right? 
Um, so it's okay to fuck up, right? Just don't try, just try not to do it more than once. And we just want to hear like, yeah, so authenticity is a huge value of us, right? Now the interview question that I asked them is to sell me on why you are not a good fit for the company. And remember, keep in mind, I want you to be as authentic as possible because we want to see how, you know, how well are you able to open up for a company like ours? But in these type of roles, it's a lot of it's client facing. So I also want to see, are you able to sell our product? Are you able to communicate well um, in a way with conviction? So it kind of uh, almost like mind fucks them in a way. And honestly, like, I, totally, it would confuse me. Yeah, right. And I, I was surprised because I, I, I started asking this question, and I've discovered so much about our potential clients. And we, like, we don't again, we don't look for perfection, right? Authenticity is a journey, same as Odyssey. And in fact, when we hire, I identify the type of weaknesses that I actually look for in our candidates, and I want them to talk about these weaknesses because if someone's weak in something, one thing, that means they're strong in something else. Um. So yeah, it completely just opens the floodgate of shit that we would have figured out anyways <laughs> that um yeah it was it's it's such a great interview question so i um you know I'm, i i hope some some of the audience members can take away uh take take that as a vehicle of bridging authenticity in your own uh uh recruitment process that's an incredibly smart question though and i'm if i were hiring people that would be a really interesting thing to just watch because i take personally, a lot of interest in reading body language, reading facial language. It's, it's the way in which I think I am able to communicate especially well, which is, of course, uh, not helping in podcasting. But uh, nonetheless, I would like to ask that question to somebody at some point. I wonder if and if there's a way to reverse it as an interviewee interviewing for a gig. Uh, who knows? It's an interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, if, like, yeah, like, tell me why I shouldn't work for you, right? Like, as an interviewee, I think that'll be a seller question as well. And I would similarly um, like to watch the person on the other end of the yeah, desk, right? Like do the employer. That. Yeah. So tell <laughs> totally me about man. these and, other two yeah. things: business philosophy yeah, and yeah. scaling authenticity. Because that hiring process, first off, uh, I think that's an incredibly wonderful journey. And folks, if you listen to this now, well, you should tell Jimmy that you listen to this in preparation for your interview. But also, uh, <laughs> a few things that I haven't heard of before. So very cool. Tell me about the others. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like we'll have to change our recruitment process after this, especially if some of the audience wants to apply. Yeah, sorry, so, I ruined it for you. <laughs> no, 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 it's all, it's all good. Um, yeah, okay, so talking about on par with business philosophy, how do we bridge authenticity, right? So here's the thing, right? We're a small business. I don't have the most, you know, I, I, we're all coming out of this fresh from school. We're not claiming to have 10 years in the industry uh, with multiple C-level executive roles under our belt, right? So the question comes to bag, especially when you have virtually like very low revenue from the very beginning. We were bootstrapped, right? We didn't seek funding. So how do you get people to follow you having zero experience, right? A, like a hefty vision you know, that might be inspiring, but having no experience under your belt, right? So one thing that we have come to value, and I think this transcends just small business, right? Even if you do have experience, this is something that is vitally important, especially in today's age, for people to... Um, to have is that every leader in a company has a mindset that eater, uh, leaders eat last. Because I'm going to repeat that. Leaders eat last. So what that means is that my role as CEO of Odyssey 3D is very much, um, we take a reverse, uh, like kind of like a bottom of the pyramid approach, right? So 
take a, so consider the traditional um, corporate hierarchy where you have the CEO at the very top and everyone kind of reports down, right? So for us, how I see my role as uh, CEO of Odyssey is that I, it is my role to take care of everyone at the company, right? And I need to make sure that everyone who's a part of it is reaching their fullest potential, right? I need to make sure that everyone who's a part of um, Odyssey 3D is fully optimized in their own way of reaching their own Odyssey, of reaching their own growth potential, right? And obviously, just going on the first topic, we hired the people that by growing, they're also helping our company grow. So this is very clearly a win-win. But it's my job to ensure that every one of these members are reaching that, right? And if it means at a personal sacrifice for the leaders, for myself, or anyone else with the leading leading hat, then that's what we have to do. Um, and I think by providing this example, right, like as a role model, um, you know, you have to you have to be a role model if you want to exemplify this. You can't just say it and not walk the uh, walk your talk, right? But on top of that, we also expect everyone at our company to be leaders. So in a way, yes, we are exemplifying it, but it's also it proliferates in every single one of us at the company. And we're such a small company that we have a flat hierarchy, and everyone's really very much empowered in that decision making process. Um, so the second thing of uh, on part of authenticity is that we in our recruitment process and training, we the first thing we teach our employees is what we call the number one responsibility of Odyssey three D, and every one of every one of our employees has this responsibility. And this comes before their role, their functional role. This comes before who they report to, everything. So that number one responsibility is to take care of themselves, both physically, mentally, spiritually. Because we believe that if you can't take care of yourself, then you will let everyone else down. You will let the world down. You'll let your your family down, your friends down. You're going to let your employers down. You're going to let your team members down on Odyssey. So we place prominent, um, a lot of prominence in that. Uh, so yeah, and, and I think just the last point to the whole business philosophy is again, like we we hire people who are on their Odyssey. So it's very much in tune with, um, I, I almost like to say that it's like, people assume that as a CEO, you have to be charismatic and just like lead everyone to victory. But it's almost, if you hire the right way, you don't need to be a charismatic leader. You don't need to be the shining star of the company. Absolutely not. Because if you hire everyone else being shining stars, all you have to do is just to facilitate that and just get out of their way. And truly, like that's really, I think, how my role and my leadership philosophy has developed over the years. And that before I thought, oh, I have to, you know, be on all this press release and, you know, really create this presence. But more and more so, I'm like, I don't need to motivate them. They motivate me. And they motivate each other. So that's a great ecosystem and uh, synergy to have. I agree. If you're able to find a self-sustaining motivation in that way, I think as a CEO, probably one less thing you kind of got to worry about, right? But also to follow that philosophy of leaders eat last, um, you are, you're putting the opportunity on the table for those who are finding their own journey to grow uh, to, to share in that benefit, whatever that benefit means. So I think that that's really a wonderful way to look at it. Now, you are a quickly growing organization, getting bigger each and every day. This idea and these tactics and the authenticity as part of this third point need to scale at some stage. You've already thought about this. You have a perspective on this. Could you share it with me? Yeah, totally, totally. Um, And I think this is more tactical for those who are experiencing the challenge. 
So first of all, let's let's identify what this challenge is, right? So in the past, as a very small, very small company, I had a, I had the uh, ability to call up every single client that we've had, go into in-person meetings, and really develop personal relationships with every one of our uh, clientele. But as our business grow, uh, scales, it is simply not feasible for for us, for my, specifically myself, to follow up with every client. So now it begs the question, right? In the past, clients worked with us because we were us, because we were Odyssey, right? They they understood our values and they saw us as young hustlers, you know, willing to take on the world. But as we get bigger and bigger, we don't want to just be associated as a company without a face or a company without this um without the ideological backing right without the why right it was very important for us to have our clients understand why we're doing what we're doing and why we're helping them so how to bridge this challenge is that we looked at different vehicles first of all of how do i scale the delivery of this message right and just obviously like there's different methods right there's emails text messages videos social medias so we began adopting different ways to to connect with our audiences, but without having to burn personal time per every client. But rather, like if I do one thing, every it, it, everyone will see it kind of thing, right? Um, so that was great. Um, and it helped to a degree. But then again, there's more challenges of how to actually set up systems that allowed us to communicate. Because again, you don't want to have your message seem like it is... Um, uh, it's sent at mass, right? So the next thing that we began to implement is a CRM and specific communication protocols um, with basically if-then commands uh, that, I'll, I'll give an example, right? So um, we have a, I'm building out actually currently an automation where the moment a client uses us, they will be sent a an email that would seem like a personal message from me as well as a personal text. It's like, hey, like I just want you to know that I'm the owner of the company. I trust all my staff implicitly to serve you with the most exceptional service. However, if there's anything that is outside their scope of control, or if there's anything you want to raise, give me a call. Right. And again, this is automated. I'm not sending them these text messages, but they're getting it from me, from my cell phone, from my email address. So after that, um, for example, uh, I would then follow up maybe a couple of days like, hey, I just want to uh, get a feel of how uh, the overall service went. So I'll send them a survey, right? We're, we're experimenting with different, uh, a couple of different types of surveys to uh, assess our authenticity and, you know, our brand at, uh, um, in, in different metrics, right? Whether it's a net promoter score, um, uh, uh, I think another one is like CCAT, uh, sorry, SCAT uh, surveys. But essentially, once they fill out the survey, let's say that they gave us a poor, poor review, then, I, then we actually have a series of follow-ups that will communicate with them under the understanding that they provided us with a bad review, right? Um, or if they give us a good review, then we would have different, a different set of protocols that would communicate under a good review. So what, what if then commands are is um, that depending on a client's action, then you have a separate set of actions that will follow up. And by actually developing this systematically, it allows us to communicate with them, even at scale, but in a much more personalized way. Um, and the last 
point to scaling authentic- authentically, I do believe is, you know, you can implement all of this and it still wouldn't work out if your message, if the content that you're writing doesn't ring home. So that is why it's vitally important to get the business philosophy right, to get the hiring process right, because then you have people that are aligned to your Northern Star as a company. Throughout Odyssey, internally, we're motivated by our own Odyssey, but externally, we are also motivated at helping our clients become digitally enabled, right? We want to help realtors, small businesses become business uh, digitally enabled in, uh, you know, like in Toronto, Canada, North America, uh, in order to uh, better represent physical properties, right? So when everyone in the company recognizes where you're headed, where you're looking to grow, then they can all facilitate with the creation of content that communicates in that authentic way back to the clients. And then taking that content, we put it into our scalable uh, content delivery system, right? That funnel that then funnels all of the clients that we work with uh, into that process. Does that make sense, Adam? I know it's a bit, uh, uh, it's, it's very niche, right? It's like, if you don't have this problem, you might not even be thinking about it. No, I understand it completely. And to figure out how to get your own personal touch on everything, given the fact that that everything is growing, either linearly or exponentially, is a challenge. And figuring out ways to do it elegantly and ways uh, which appear as close to you as can be, well, that's kind of the heart of getting to as close to authentic, uh, as close to authentic as you can. So I, I do definitely appreciate uh, your, your your thoughts on all three of these, and I want to turn it into some advice. Here's why: the people who listen to this show, they're brand builders, they're aspiring founders, they want to learn how to get to their own personal truth. They're probably seeking it right now, and they listen to this show in part to learn from those who have figured it out about how to do it. Now, you have thought about this incredibly deeply. Over the last 20 minutes or so, we've talked about three ways in which you have made it happen for yourself, but not everybody's there yet. So what sort of advice would you give to those people who are finding their own avenues towards authenticity? I'd be curious to hear what you have to say on that. Yeah, really, uh, really great question, Adam. And my number one advice for this is that, look, for those in the audience we often at times of stress we're at times of inadequacy and we all feel inadequate at some points in our life we revert back to crowd think right we revert back to thinking how would the world perceive us how would our clients perceive us how do we be authentic enough that our clients feel like we're authentic and my recommendation is just like fuck it like stop thinking about it don't don't uh, obsess over the external, um, uh, the external stakeholders, but rather dig deep into yourself, right? And especially as a leader of a company, you need to know what are your own personal values, because really your leadership style and your ability to communicate authenticity only happens when you can lead authentically yourself. So if you're trying to build a brand that is authentic, and you yourself is living in a mask, is living in some, you know, a version of yourself that you think other people will accept, then there is a, a, a disconnect there, right? And people, although you can say all the right things, you can employ all the right tactics, people will see through it. So, so this, and how do we do this, right? I know it's easier said than done, but we actually have this uh, to like, 
down to to like a formulaic equation in a way uh, as a part of Odyssey, right? So um, I think one on a business front at the beginning of every year, uh, so we actually um, take the entire company out of Toronto and we spend a month drafting out our company strategy, re-envisioning uh, what it means to be a part of Odyssey and really like seeing how people's views of the company and their own Odyssey have evolved over the past year. They're like their fuck ups, their learnings, all of it. So we take, so we take these lessons and we probably spend about like two or three weeks just having a deep dive. We analyze one another. We create personal SWATs of ourselves, right? SWAT, if you're not familiar, strength, weakness, opportunity, threat. Uh, we basically analyze all of those variables on ourselves as well as our teammates. We're complete, very, again, very authentic authentically transparent to one another with respect and with huge love to help each other grow. Uh, we do this analysis of each other. Uh, in the past, we've dove into, for example, like psychological tests, like Enneagram, Myers-Briggs, a lot of these things that really allows us to see um, what is our psych- psychological makeup breakdown and our opportunities of personal growth that is beyond what we are ca- currently capable of doing. So we have this deep assessment and based off of those values, um, we collectively now have an understanding of what people value in the company that then inspires our next month, like our next year's strategy. And even a, perhaps sometimes a revision to our current mission and our current, uh, uh, not so much, uh, yeah, so yeah, more so the uh, mission if it's not completely aligned, right? But now like, you know, we've been operating now for five years. So now it's like, we're, we're, we're rock solid on the very, like on the fundamentals. Uh, so yeah, like, I think it's a continuous, uh, improvement, right? And if you guys are on this, you almost have to be on your own personal odyssey in order to, uh, run an authentic company and an authentic brand. Um, so really like, how do you take that time for yourself? Like I do every quarter, I go on uh, a retreat for a weekend. I'm actually heading out for the end of Q3, uh, next, next, uh, next weekend, like coming weekend to, uh, really just process these thoughts and, um, you know, continue on in that journey and just do a lot of reflection on that so i think that yeah ultimately that's my advice do do a lot of inner work in order to explore how you can be authentic for the outer world well that's really wonderful advice and thank you for packaging that up listeners i've heard a couple of things during this conversation which i am going to go back and do which i would hope that you at least consider as we have gone through this conversation there are things which i'm more familiar with and some which i'm not both of which I'm going to pursue. For example, these SWOT analyses, I've heard of this before, strength, weakness, opportunity, threat. I've been at parts of companies where uh, that is part of the career review process, but I haven't quite done it for myself outside of any employment. Maybe that's something that you should do as well as you're building up your own brand or maybe as you're working uh, within somebody else's brand. But what I would think about more than that is if you are either looking for new employment, looking for a new brand to start, or, 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 even, or even trying to find your own personal brand with time, answering that question, tell me why I shouldn't hire you. Tell me why I shouldn't have you join us. Like that question, go back to this part in the interview. I think that's one of the most interesting things that we talked about here. Figure out the answer to that question. 
because something that I figured out recently is the more you learn about what you absolutely are not, the easier it is to find out what you are. That's something that Jimmy has done here. And by the way, you'll notice that this conversation about authenticity was not a conversation about real estate. It was not a conversation about technology. It was not a conversation about how to market. It was a conversation about how to find yourself and how to build a brand based on things that you believe in. And to me, that is the heart of authenticity. So thank you, Jimmy, for telling me more about your Odyssey and Odyssey. I understand there are a couple of ways that people can learn about it. Even outside of this podcast, there are a few places people can visit. So I'm going to give you that opportunity now. Where, where can they go to learn more about this if they want to following this interview? Thanks for bringing that up, actually, um, Adam. So uh, I do want to uh, leave a, a couple of final notes for uh, those members of the audience that do want to get in touch with us. So for those who want to be a part of our Odyssey and really join the Odyssey 3D tribe and movement, uh, to give you a quick background, uh, we're based in Toronto, but we have a remote work culture, right? We have people who are working with us in India, in the U.S. Uh, we have also personally been in, you know, like Spain, Mexico, New York, Chicago. We travel a lot and it's, it's very much a part of our company culture for that. So if you, if this kind of jives with what you guys are going through currently, I do recommend you check out our website, check out what we're doing. And also sometimes uh, we are going, we're pretty much doubling every couple of months as a business. So we're rapidly expanding our own uh, on-staff team. So uh, potentially there's an uh, employment opportunities in the future. So I want to leave this link behind. It's odyssey3d.ca slash apply. So that's O-D-Y-S-S-E-Y 3D dot C-A slash apply. Okay, so that's if you guys want to get in touch on a company front, if you want to be, uh, if you do, if you are interested in my personal odyssey as a CEO of this company, I have a personal blog that's odyssea, spelled O-D-I-S-E-A dot blog. Okay, again, that's odyssea.blog. So if you guys want to hear my recounts of these learnings on my personal odyssey through this company, I touch upon topics uh, related to primal living, uh, ancient philosophies, exploring that in modern day living, deep psychology, biohacking, the hero's journey, uh, and really very much in the soul of everything we've talked about today. Uh, Get in touch with me through there. Well, thank you for bringing those up. Listeners, you can see those links and I'll put them in the show notes as well. Uh, And for all of this, Jimmy, thank you so much for joining the show today. Thank you, Adam. I do hope truly that you take a look at at least one opportunity before you and ask, why not? Why not this? Exhaust that line of questioning. It might help you find out what's best for you. Thanks, Jimmy. I'll leave those links in the description, by the way. And thanks to you, the listener, for tuning into our podcast today. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review on Apple, especially if you want to hear it at the top like I did today, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can also find me here, LinkedIn, at Authentic Avenue, or just Adam Connor, Twitter, at Authentic Ave, and you can write me directly, Adam at AuthenticAvenueMedia.com. Say hi or tell me who you want to see on this show next. This has been your host, Adam Connor, saying until I get real again with you, thanks for taking a walk with me down Authentic Avenue.